Devin Nunes back with one of my favorite guests, Sarah Carter, who is an independent journalist. And I don't know, are you still at Fox? You still do some Fox News, Sarah? Yeah, I'm still with Fox News. In fact, I'll be in New York this coming week uh, working on a story for Sean out in New York. Of course, it's a border story in yeah. New York City. So that's exciting. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. And that's going to be the topic of, of today's show because no one, right. matter of fact, I, I was with you at the border back when I was in Congress, right before I left Congress, we were together at the border and you were out there late at night with me watching thousands and thousands of people come through. And now it's gotten only worse. I know it's, it's incredible, um, Devin, just to see what is manifested since the Biden administration has come into power because we were dealing with this, a crisis and a situation even under Trump, but it was, it was different. Trump was fighting it and saying, no more, we're going to put a stop to this. So even if, um, you know, foreign entities or state powers or NGOs or whoever was behind it tried to put together these massive caravans that were coming towards the border, the Trump administration was like, no, it's not going to happen. You're going to remain in Mexico. You're not going to come into the United States. Now, fast forward to the Biden administration, it's just been a free-for-all. It's been a wide-open border to the point where even Democrats, which is the reason why I'm heading to New York City, you know, Governor Kathy Hochul, she was snubbed. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. She gets all the way to the White House to meet with Biden about the border, and the entire administration just basically snubs her and probably just leaves her sitting in the West Wing, twiddling her thumbs, wondering, "Is am I ever going to get in that meeting with just the president? She could have just went to the bathroom and found some <laughs> some of Hunter's cocaine or whoever's cocaine it is. That's there. right. That's right. Yeah. She could have done that. She there was a there was a very nice restroom right near the West Wing. I'm very familiar with that because that's well, the area where we all stay in when we're waiting to meet with someone. Um, so yeah. she gets snubbed, and you know Eric Adams. It's the same thing, and mm -hmm. uh, it's been a free for all. And the Biden administration doesn't even seem to care. Right. That's what's so astounding about this. They don't well, really care. Well, and I want to get to that uh, also, because uh, I get that question all the time is, why is this happening? What are they doing? Right. What's the purpose of it? And, um, you know, obviously I have my opinions, but it'd be good to get someone like yourself to comment on it because, I mean, you're, you've been down there at the border. I mean, you're actually living in Texas. It's hot there right now, huh? It is hot. Today is going to be a smoking 107. Um, yeah. Ooh. So... <laughs> Wow. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be smoking hot today. So imagine this is where I'm at in between Austin and San Antonio in Hill country. And we're facing 107 down by the border in McAllen, um, along the Rio Grande. And you're playing some very important video there. Uh, it is a scorching. It's 115. It could go up to 120. It sometimes feels like you're just in a confection oven. And here you have these families with children, uh, coming across, attempting to cross the Rio Grande uh, River, and it is extraordinarily dangerous. They're faced with all kinds of challenges, not only from the cartels uh, that they and the human traffickers who have brought them this far, because that's really what it is, with the help of the Biden administration, or you know, vis a vis the Biden administration helping the cartels, but now they're challenged with the Rio Grande River, uh, trying to get across, uh, the, the struggle for survival. A lot of young children have been raped, uh, have been harmed on this road. Many women have faced horrors that we can't even imagine. 
So you asked that very important question that everybody asks and, and you have your own opinion on it, but which is why is this happening? Obviously this is the Biden administration's policy. They intended to open the border from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. They did so with intention. So this is not like, oh, their policy is so screwed up. We can't believe it. They messed up. They've got to reassess their policy. No, this is their policy. So I believe this is a dereliction of duty on the part of the president because he's doing it purposefully. His only job is to protect the national security of the United States of America. That's his real job as the commander in chief. And he's not doing that. And I believe he's doing that because the Democrats believe if they flood the nation with enough people from the South, that they're going to tilt the votes. I mean, that they're going to have a voter base that will be different, or they're trying to gerrymander this, or they're trying to change the, the structure of America, the foundation. Now, I also believe that there's a lot of uh, other issues here and a lot of other things involved. For example, the UN migration policy, the, you know, the NGOs, um, that are pushing for, you know, open migration and they have a globalist attitude towards everything. Look, this administration is not about America first. It's not about democracy. It is about, uh, you know, globalization. It is about their Manchurian candidate puppet master that's up in office who is, you know, who has taken money from our adversaries and really puts America last. Um, who is spending more time targeting a duly, a former duly elected American president because he's a potential threat to their schemes and how they make money and how they live their lives in Washington yeah. D.C. instead of protecting the American people. Well, well, we've had on uh, Sarah the last uh, couple months. We had well, we had on Victor Davis Hanson, who you know. Um, yes. He estimated that there's been eight million people. Uh, that have come across the border He's since right. the beginning of the Biden administration. Because, you know, we only see the numbers like when you and I were down at the border a couple of years ago. You know, those are the people that are just coming in kind of orderly and and just saying, hey, we're here. They got kids and they're applying for asylum or what have you. But we're not seeing what could be double or even triple the amount that are getting across the border at all these other locations. Um so, so you agree with that 8 million number? Um, I absolutely agree with the 8 million number. I also understand that the number of gotaways and, and you as, you know, former head of intelligence, you're the chairman of the intelligence committee, and you understand this, I believe, quite well. We have had so many known gotaways, millions of known gotaways that have come into this country who have not been vetted. In fact, even the people that are coming in are not being properly vetted. But imagine those that just came into this country um, that all we have is their footprints or a shadow on a camera. And they know they're here. Um, we know terrorists have made their way into this country. We've apprehended some of them. Um, we know that there, and there you go, FBI tracking Uzbek nationals brought to the U.S. by a smuggler with ties to ISIS. I can tell you this, U.S. intelligence um, is extraordinarily concerned about this, as well as Western intelligence as to what people who came in are their sleeper cells. This is my thing, Devin, and this is why I'm so angry right now about this. Um, if I'm at the mall with my child and... Mm -hmm. I'm just shopping for Christmas or I'm doing some shopping for Thanksgiving and there are hundreds of people in a mall or maybe outdoors in a place like Alexandria, Virginia, which was once, tar you know, uh, wanting uh, was on a target list. Mm -hmm. 
imagine if a sleeper cell did get in through that border and they were successful at hitting a soft target in the United States and they kill people again. Yeah. Who is well, going to pay the, who's going to pay the price for that? Well, the open we also, border policy. We also had on several months ago, um, a gentleman named Michael Yan, who, who I don't know if you've run into him, but he's, he's Mr. He's border. He's friend. all over the border and okay. He's a friend of yours. I, that makes sense. Um, you know, and he brought up to me, I had heard him on a John Batchelor podcast. Um, and I said, boy, this can't be true. But as you know, John is more of a news guy. And and so we called him up. He, we had him on the podcast. And, um, you know, he he showed us on the on this very podcast a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people haven't seen. But actual Chinese, how they were coming through, very organized, uh, coming through both Colombia and Venezuela, then making their way up through Panama. And I think that's one of the misnomers now about uh, this, this, this immigration crisis is that there's not a lot of like just, you know, Mexicans that are coming over, like, you know, traditional, right. you know, people that lived right across the border. You know, if you go back 30, 40 years ago, yes, we were getting a lot of people that would come in, they come in to work, they'd go back. I mean, there was, and they were mainly from Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, now over the last 20 years that kind of migrated down there were, there wasn't really too many people coming from kind of central to northern mexico they were coming from kind of the southern mexico guatemala border down there um and that was kind of the flow of the immigration it was largely just just folks from there well now it's like this whole process has opened up where people are flooding in and i i mean the last count i got it was like 80 different countries were had come in through the border that they had found 80 different countries. I mean, there's less than 200 countries on the whole planet. Last time I checked. <laughs> so, so this goes to show you what the Biden administration do has done is advertise and propagated this uh, very idea that if you make it uh, into Central America, into uh, South America, and you can make your way down through Panama, you can hook up with smugglers, which is very common. I know Michael Yan. I follow him closely. He and I are friends. He has been begging me to get down to the Darien Gap with him. And here, I and was for just, those of you, you watching on Rumble, you can see this now. But if you're listening uh, to us on 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 an Apple Podcast or what have you, which by the way, please go in there and rank me. You know, hopefully you give me a nice score. five I mean, stars. Sarah, give them Sarah's five on stars. because we have all the haters that go on and rank. So if you get a chance, <laughs> go on, go on there and rank. But what, what the map that's on, I think we actually got this from uh, Michael Yan when he was on our podcast last time, but it shows where they're coming across from um, Colombia uh, and into what's called the Darien Gap, uh, which is just a jungle area, as I understand. I had never, I've been to Panama and I've been to Colombia, but I've never been to this Darien Gap, but it's a very dangerous area, tough to get through. But you have essentially every United Nations do-gooder that's down there coordinating this mm -hmm. mass migration into the United States. Yes, yeah, not only coordinating, using our taxpayer dollars as well. And this is something that I want people to understand, that your taxpayer dollars are going to these NGOs. I mean, you have FEMA asking for more than 77 million. I mean, it's part of like $700 million that the United States has allocated already towards, um, and this is just with FEMA, towards the migration crisis. You have DHS asking over $600 million. You have NGOs then getting supplemental money um, as part of this package to assist the migrants once they're in the United States. 
uh, which is the reason why you see right now. And then, nope, there's no real oversight to this money either, De um, Devin. There's no real oversight. So here we're looking at the Darian Gap, and I'm going to go back to this because I think this is so important. I think Michael Yan has done like the most heroic work um, documenting what's happening in the Darien Gap because this is the most dangerous place in the world. It is considered one of the most dangerous places in the world. There is not a woman that doesn't go through the Darien Gap that isn't assaulted, accosted, raped, or killed. Um, the, there are children that die on the road when they go through there. And there are people that want to go through this Darien Gap because they need to make their way through um, and they pay money to get through. And, and, you know, Michael will see them when they come out on the other side and they're yeah. from Afghanistan. They are from Syria. They can be from Sierra Leone. It, but you, then also from it. the crazy thing was from China when he was on, he was showing China, these, buses, was just... these buses that were clearly chartered and it was all young military age men that when there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, where the hell are they now? I mean, they just got into the U S and they're somewhere here, I guess. I mean, we, we don't really know where they're at. Well, that's actually the truth. You're actually speaking truth there. I speak to immigration and customs enforcement officers who have told me, Hey, you know, they come in, they don't have documentation on them. There's no way to properly vet the people that are coming in. If they don't ping on any of our databases, well, it's welcome to America. Here you go. And the Biden administration is telling people, well, we're giving them cell phones so that we can track them. Well, or GPS monitoring devices. Well, the, these people that are coming in are just dumping these devices into trash dispensers all over cities. And I, I've spoken to many of the people that have crossed the border. Now, these would be maybe the Spanish-speaking people that we're more accustomed to seeing that are coming here for work or who have decided to bring their families with them. Um, um, and I've spoken to unaccompanied minors. But one of the things that they are stunned with is they believed and they have been advertised by these cartels um, who have uh, lured them on this journey and human traffickers that once they get to America, they're going to have everything taken care of. Sometimes what happens is they get dumped on the streets of El Paso and, uh, you know, on the streets in McAllen, Texas and Brownsville uh, before they get the bus out or the airplane out and they end up you know, in, in, in your state or wherever you, whoever's watching right now, wherever you're at, believe me, people are ending up in your state. Um, and it's our taxpayer dollars that are having to go to take care of them, our school systems. And frankly, right now we're starting to see an implosion in that. Yeah. Well, look, th this is an, uh, ironically today, I'm actually in California. Um, and both, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about California is I think the cost of living is so high. And the homeless population is so big and the drug problem and everything else. We're actually not seeing, from what I can tell, a large influx of these people coming into the, of the 8 million. I think we got a very small percentage. And as you probably know, California is actually dropping in population. I think it's right. largely due to the high cost of everything from, from fruit, food to power to housing, et cetera. Uh, but Sarah, the early on, uh, the Southern state, uh, board, especially uh, Texas, um, they started sending busloads into New York City. New York City, along with every major city essentially in the United States, a big major, right. big city, uh, have been sanctuary cities. They've passed laws, they pass ordinances, they pass resolutions saying, We're a sanctuary city, you're welcome to come here, we're going to take care of you. 
But that has now changed. Um, and I want to play, we're going to play a, a quick clip here from the mayor of New York who ran on the, on the ticket of being a sanctuary city, who had earlier talked about being a sanctuary city. He now looks like he's changed his mind. We'll play the video now. We turned this city around in 20 months. And then what happened? Started with a madman down in Texas, decided he wanted to bust people up to New York City. 110,000 migrants. We have to feed, clothe, house, educate the children, wash their laundry sheets, give them everything they need, health care. And this team here, we stated, let's do everything possible before we have to push it out into neighborhoods and communities. Month after month, I stood up and I said, this is going to come to a neighborhood near you. Well, we're here. We're here. We're getting no support on this national crisis. And we're receiving no support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. Okay. Wow. Those were pretty strong words there, Sarah. Those words should not be directed at Governor Greg Abbott or any other governor, Governor DeSantis or anybody else who is moving migrants out. Those words should be directed at the president of the United States, President Joe Biden, whose administration's policy is to leave the border wide open. And that's exactly where he needs to direct his anger. It's when the Democrats stand up and say, whoa, wait a minute. This is just, this is unreal. And he's right, it is unreal. But where does he want the people to go? He, this is a sanctuary city. They have promised that they will aid illegal migrants that have come into the country. They have stated that that is their policy. So they should take, that share and that load if they support a president that keeps the border wide open. If that is the policy of the Democratic Party, then he should just own up to that or he should tell the president, we're not going to put up with this anymore. You better shut that border down. And yeah, he's well, not and, doing and that. And how do you have it? How do you have it both ways? You, right. you, you just can't say, and he's just only one city. Um, you know, he's got supposedly 100,000 of them. I mean, the whole problem is, is they invited them in. And, That's right. and I, I, I did pick up that nuance where he's trying to he's trying to blame the governor of Texas. But, you know, look, he's complaining about 100,000. There's been eight million that have come through. So this is, you know, people reap what they sow. And this is the you know, I think this is just going to be a continued problem if they're putting them up in housing. Uh, this is going to continue to you know, they're going to continue to attract them. And look, if you're if you're Texas, what do you, you know? What do you do? Do you not? Do you just take them in? Um, right. And and you know that is one of the concerns too, Sarah. That I don't know how much reporting you've done on it, but we've seen a lot of pictures, a lot of aerial photos from from Texas of this new city that's being built. Can you shed any light on you know what's true, what's what's not true? Some new you know there, there's this claim that there's a new city that all these migrants are going to be put into 
I, you know, I, I can't shed a lot of light on that new city. I, I, I have heard rumors about that. I could tell you this, that in the state of Texas, when I'm down at the border, I call it the in-between lands, right? Um, mm -hmm. And what happens here in Texas is a lot of times migrants that come across the border, they will just basically hunker down in areas in between the Border Patrol checkpoints and the actual border so that they do not get um, arrested. They don't get taken in or, or sent back. Um, they don't get apprehended. And a lot of times they end up creating their own little colonias inside the United States of America. And I find this very fascinating. It's like their own little townships. And I think that for, you know, for the state of Texas, for somebody, for President uh, Biden to say that he is going to tell you know, Governor Greg Abbott, that you can't allow these migrants out, that somehow we're going to create some new kind of city to keep them in, to to house and clothe them here in the state of Texas. I think that's a that's that's a that's a joke. I don't think Governor Abbott is going to take take that for one second. Look, we're a state. He's allowed to operate as a state and we can do everything we can to protect our state. And he is protecting our state from what they see as an illegal invasion into our state. And, but if other states are more open to this and they are sanctuary states, then what the Biden administration should do is get together with all of his Democrat colleagues and find some really good Democrat states that are open to open borders and this is what they want and allow them to build cities there that will house illegal migrants. So, I mean, I think this is the issue that we're dealing with now is that it's so preposterous on its face. And I've been covering this for 20 years. I never in my life, you know, from the time I remember covering the border and I remember people were up in arms back, way back even during the Bush administration, uh, Devin, uh, I remember the Minutemen at the border. You know, when Americans went down to the border and they said they were going to help the Border Patrol patrol the border because it was out of control. It wasn't even close to what it is today. So and today we have the threat of China. We have the threat of fentanyl. We have seen our children die on the streets. Um and that's going to be actually this month. A lot of parents are going to be marching in Washington, D.C., and I'll be joining them on uh, the 23rd of September in front of the White House uh, to put a stop to this. We know it comes from China. So we have a complex issue here at the border, um, one that is that was created and pushed by the Biden administration. This is their policy. So, right. So the question that, that's in the chat and a lot of that I get all the time, and we kind of started with it, but why are they doing it? Why? What? It's destroying these cities. It's destroying our country. I mean, they're not taking on the, the drug cartels. The drugs are coming in. And, you know, you mentioned it at the top of the show, but I mean, this, this is a this is not just happenstance. It's not just by accident. This is a strategy and a plan to have this border completely open and have it flooded. Now, the, the, there's these unintended consequences that I think they're not, they, they weren't ready for. But by letting this many people in this quickly, I mean, the United States just can't, can't absorb them. And then when you try to put socialist or communist programs in New York City, for example, oh, come here and we'll house you. Well, that quickly fails because it overruns 
the system. So, uh, Sarah, do you have, you know, what do you say to the people that why is this happening? Look, I mean, our enemies are watching our government's weakness. I believe that this is fundamentally to destroy the fabric of America. This is an open migration policy that is unsustainable, that doesn't allow people to assimilate fast enough. It's creating all kinds of problems in our major urban areas as well as our rural areas. All you have to do is walk through the streets of Kensington, Philadelphia to see it overrun by narcotics, uh, fentanyl, uh, trank, heroin. You mention it. It's there, but mostly being utilized um, at these cartels uh, as proxies by China and by others who are breaking the back of America. And President Biden and the Biden administration and the Obamas and the Clintons and whoever buys in to this radical leftist ideology, whoever is bought into it, they're the useful idiots of our adversaries. They are doing the bidding of our adversaries at the expense of the American people. And, and e even if they think this is somehow that, you know, less borders will allow for more free migration and reduce world poverty. And somehow we're all going to find a kumbaya moment after all of this, uh, you know, culminates in some well, kind of ending, they're lying to themselves. Uh, yeah. And my, and my guess is here too, that the, I don't really watch the fake news media much, but a lot of this is not reaching the normal people. Cause you would think that average Americans, independents and people that aren't, that aren't far left would say, look, this is a problem, but you, you still don't see it really showing up in the polls. So I think most Americans, half of America, they still don't know that 8 million people have come across. You won't see the mainstream media covered, even though you had, you know, that that Mayor Eric Adams uh, um, clip that we played, my guess is that has not played across uh, most of social media and and the mainstream media. So it's just going to continue, you know, until the problem like it becomes so overwhelming like it is in New York. I, and I don't think it's there yet, because if it was there, you really would have people rising up. So clearly the mayor is feeling, you know, feeling the mayor of New York City is feeling some pressure. So he had to oh, address he it, but he's still blaming it on, uh, blaming it on uh, Governor Abbott of Texas. So, well, it'll be interesting, Sarah, you're going to be there next week. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what you dig up. And of course, we'll, we'll cover it, you know, back on my podcast again, but I want to switch gears a little bit. Okay. Um, in our remaining time, uh, because, you know, you and I got to know each other. You were one of the few reporters that actually covered the the Russia hoax and the shenanigans. And um, I just want to get your quick take on um, from, you know, my opinion is, is that, you know, everything basically leads back to the Russia hoax and, you know, the corruption of the FBI and the DOJ. It's where it started and they got away with it and they've just gotten worse and worse. And now we, we learned through John Solomon's reporting that even the Ukraine impeachment hoax, we now know it was a hoax. We now know the DOJ and the FBI hid documents from us after we had subpoenaed. John was actually on, on the show last week and we covered this. Right. Um, but now just look, we've, we've got two breaking news stories here just in the last couple hours. One is that the grand jury in Georgia uh, wanted to indict a whole bunch more people. Interesting. They wanted to indict sitting United States senators, other lawyers. There's about six or seven very prominent figures um, who, for some reason, even though the grand jury recommended an indictment, were not indicted in Georgia. 
So one of them is Lindsey Lindsey Graham, and I don't know. Maybe now that these guys are you know waking up, I've been telling my former colleagues in Congress, like, look, we don't have a country if we don't have a a, a justice system, and you don't have to want to vote for Trump. You don't have to even like Trump, but the problem is not Trump. What's being exposed here is a total corruption of the justice system that has been going on nonstop since 2000, at least the beginning of 2016, where you've had a weaponized justice system against the Republican Party. I don't know. You think that Senator Lindsey Graham and some of these uh, McConnell, some of these guys are actually going to wake up and say, whoa, they came this close to indicting a city and one of the one of the the, the top a chairman I think chairman of the judiciary I think he is or, or the, the top Republican on the judiciary committee Lindsey Graham was supposed to be indicted if the system was right he should have been indicted now look just so the fake news and the fake news they will clip this and they'll say that I just said that so we have to clarify right I am saying that if you're going to follow the law and if right. grand juries are going to bring indictments and recommend indictments. They have a responsibility to explain why did you pick out these 20 or 19 or whatever it was, but you didn't happen to indict these others. Now, look, I don't, in my opinion, if the whole thing is fraudulent, no one should have been indicted, just to be clear. But how do you how do you put that together? Well, now Lindsey Graham, I mean, people have to look at that and say, well, well, it looks like a senator should have been indicted, but he but he wasn't. Well, let me tell you, Senator Lindsey Graham, and I know him, too. He needs to wake up. Everybody needs to wake up. This nation is facing something I don't think we've ever faced before. And it's terrifying. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm looking at Jenna Ellis there in the corner. Um, and I spoke with her the other day too. And I'm I, you know, and I'm looking at the array of people here that are that have now realized that the DOJ, Lady Justice, does no longer wear blinders and representing someone could 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 lead to you being indicted. You can't even faithfully represent a client if the system is working against your client. Right. This is not America well, they're anymore. Indicting, they're indicting lawyers, and then they're also indicting, I mean, this, this guy that's kind of a journalist, podcast guy that didn't even enter the Capitol. That's and right. He was indicted by the uh, Owen, I think his name is Owen something. I don't, I don't, I don't know him. But, right, I don't know him either, but he but, is. But he was doing indicted. like some podcast or some you know live reporting from the from the Capitol. January six did not go in. From what I understand, they were telling people not to go in, um, but yet he got indicted for, I guess, being a reporter. Yet, I know there were fake news reporters that were in the crowd that got into the Capitol that actually went into the Capitol. They weren't indicted. Yet, yet right. they went into the Capitol. Now, look, I'm not for any of these indictments. I mean, at, at the most, these were protests. Uh, anybody who broke the broke the windows should be prosecuted for destroying federal property. But you know, by and large, if you were just let in there, you didn't have a clue. And and 95, 98 percent of those but people, the truth they doesn't just, they just matter. Walked in. Devin, the truth doesn't matter anymore. Haven't we seen that? I mean, look, we have Corinne Jean-Pierre in front of the White House press office telling everybody in front of all the reporters that President Biden has done more for the border than any previous president in securing the border. We know that's a flat out lie, but she says it anyways. We have a, a weaponized system, a Department of Justice that is the supposed to be the envy of the world. It is the main reason. When I was in Afghanistan and I, you know, people would want to come to the United States, I would say to them in the war zone, 
what makes you want to go to the United States so badly? Not just the war, but what makes you want to go there? The justice system. We want to have true justice, true balance of power, which they didn't feel overseas. Now we see that the United States is actually operating, and it's sad to say, like the banana republics and the countries that I've traveled to where the system is weaponized for political purposes. And the point being is that I love that mugshot of Donald Trump. By the way, he really does look like the eagle there. That eagle shot that uh, Sebastian Gorka put beside him, I was just like, wow. But um, but this to have a duly elected president of these United States, somebody who has, I know, from speaking to him the few times that I have, truly loves this nation, truly believes in the sanctity of this nation and what our founding fathers established, to target him, to protect themselves, when there is a president right now sitting in the White House that was basically, in my opinion, and based on all of the evidence, compromised by adversaries of the United States, like China, like Russia, like Ukraine, whose son was also compromised, who took money, who was, I mean, there were so many SAR reports on him at the Treasury Department. It's its unbelievable. I mean, we have Hunter Biden, you know, taking money. If my husband would have done that, and I've said this to you, Devin, before, if my husband, who had one of the highest levels uh, a security clearance, would have taken even $10 from China, he would have been polyed. He would have lost his job. I probably would have been off in jail with him. This is the president of the United States who had classified documents in his Corvette sitting around his, you know, uh, his, his um, garage, who has been in government for more than 40 years. My God, Robert Hansen from the FBI, from the FBI ran one of the greatest double spy games against the U.S. ever. I think actually President Biden may beat all of them. How is it possible that you're in government for 40 years and you're mm -hmm. doing business with a foreign adversary? And this is Whoa. another problem that I have, and maybe you can answer this one for me. And I know it's your podcast, but I'm dying. <laughs> How is it that John Brennan, James Clapper, Jim Comey, all knew when they briefed President Trump in January 2017 on Christopher Steele's fake do dossier, only to brief him, to spread a lie about him in the news media, only to brief him on that, to spread a lie, which is disinformation, which, by the way, is a weapon of war. Mm -hmm. How were they not charged with sedition? Well, look, this is all roads lead back to Russiagate. I mean, it really does. Early 2016, under the Obama administration, and all roads lead back to Obama. And if you look at it, so, I mean, I think you've got the Biden corruption. I mean, biggest corruption scandal in, in U.S. political history. That's dealing with the Bidens and money. And you have to kind of put that to one in, into one silo. But the other larger silo that's led to all of this, and what I've said to, to my former Republican colleagues is that, look, you can run an impeachment inquiry of Biden, but he's most likely, you know, number one, you're not going to uh, probably I don't think it's going to be the nominee anyway, but you're going to let a majority of the criminals run and flee. Uh, and that's to your point. So you, you talk about the the Comey's and, and, and I mean, that all leads to DOJ, FBI, the other intelligence agencies. 
that are working for the Democratic Party, that are working for Obama officials. Remember, you want, once you figure out that, that the people around Biden are all former Obama people, all roads lead back to Obama. I mean, he corrupted the system enough so that the, the Democratic operatives could take advantage right. of it in 2016. And they just got worse and worse and worse. So you start with 17, but how about when the 51 of them signed, oh, this is Russian disinformation right before the election? I mean, we can go we can go on and on. And with that, that was Russian. Uh, it, it, and that was interference. I mean, that was election interference right then and there. And right. I think that's what's frustrating the American people. I know everywhere I travel, Devin, when I talk to people, their frustration is my frustration too. Mm -hmm. It's like after all that work, after everything that was exposed, after everything yeah. Devin Nunes did, Cash Patel, John Solomon, Sarah Carter, everybody told you know got the truth out. Nothing was really ever done, right? And the and only nothing, person being prosecuted and, is and, the president, <laughs> right? Right. Trump's the only one being prosecuted, but then it and every day it gets more ridiculous. Where we find out today that Lindsey Graham and other Republican, former Republican senators, General Flynn, who who was already indicted once, um, they were all supposed to be indicted too under this grand jury in Atlanta. I mean, this it's total madness. Well, look, one more topic. Sarah, because okay. it's also breaking news. Um, the, and that is that uh, my home state of California, um, the former Speaker of, of the House, Nancy Pelosi, she just announced that she's going to run for re-election at 83 or whatever years old. She just announced that in the last, last few hours. And I know you're not moving to California anytime soon. Wow. You're not San Francisco. But what do you think of that? Well, isn't it time that we... I mean, doesn't she want to go home and hang out with her husband and her grandkids and her, I mean, just spend a little bit of time with her family. Um, I, I don't understand this. Look, I'm not knocking that Nancy Pelosi hasn't, you know, given her life to being in office forever. I'm not, I'm not about that. And I, I'm starting to think term limits seem good, but look at what's going on even with Mitch McConnell. Sorry to say, look at what's happening with, with Biden. Look at D Senator Dianne Feinstein. I mean, this is like, there has to be a time where you say, okay, let me take a step back and let's leave this to somebody else. But well, Feinstein, that's not it's happening. Funny that, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Feinstein, uh, but both Feinstein and Pelosi originate from San Francisco, the heart of San Francisco, which by the way, and I put it up on True Social, the, the podcaster did a nice little uh, synopsis of San Francisco. I mean, you think New York City is bad. I mean, San Francisco's a nightmare. I mean, they say they had you know thirty-one percent occupancy in their office buildings there. Um, that's just the it's thirty-one percent who aren't paying anything. But you know, these offices must be 80, 90 percent empty. You've heard, you know, from Facebook I saw to, it. to Twitter I saw it. Or, or whatever it's called now, X. I mean, they're all saying you have to come back to work and all these uh, engineers, all these people are like, hell no, we're not coming back into work. So, and then you've got you know, this, they call it the doom loop. I mean, the city really is hollowing out from within. Um, cars are getting broken into. We, you know, that was actually posted on true social people land in San Francisco. They're from foreign countries. They drive South and start to get, and they get, you know, get out to a point where they can look at the Alcatraz and they come back 10 minutes later, their passports, luggage, everything's gone. So I don't know, maybe that's why Pelosi and Feinstein, they don't want to retire because they'll have to move back to the hellhole that they've created.
I, I think you might be right there. I think you discovered the the very real possibility because it is crazy. I was just in Oakland. I went to San Francisco not too long ago. I was in Oakland and they told me when I was leaving the rental car area at about 1130 at night, hey, where are you staying? I said, well, I'm, I'm staying at the Hilton right there in near the airport. They're like, do not leave your car anywhere in Oakland. Don't put gas in your car in Oakland. And I was like, wow, it was a big warning. You will be robbed. The car will be robbed or it will be broken into. And so that's crazy. When 33 rental cars a day plus coming back in Oakland are completely broken into and destroyed. Um, in San Francisco, you're right. I was in San Francisco. The buildings were empty. There were people loitering the streets using drugs. You know, Nancy Pelosi needs to, and I don't get this with Californians. It's like, how do you run a state so badly, you know, and you don't get voted out? Like, how do people just well, not? That's the, well, look, that's the that's the overall issue. Why I left Congress and went to True Social so we can get the right. free flow of information out there. It's exactly the point. In New York City, it's just not that bad. It's not bad enough. I mean, it's bad for me. I'm not going to move there. You're not going to move there. You moved out of the D.C. area to get to right. more of a rural Texas. Um you know, we put our true social headquarters is not in Silicon Valley, not even close. We put it in Sarasota, Florida. Um, but but look, I, th I think you're exactly right. You have California in this population decline mm -hmm. and you have no end in sight. And yet the Democrats have been rewarded by the people who live here with super majorities in the legislature. Republicans, I think, are only have 12 out of uh, 52 seats. Uh, in the House, only 12 are Republicans. Um, so this is, it's its like, why I've always said this before, it's the most blessed piece of property of real estate in the world. Right. And yet it's like, you know, growing up here, being born here, growing up here. Um, and I go to Sarasota, Florida, you know, all the time. And it's like, oh my God, like Sarasota, Florida is what California looked like you know, 30 years ago. And just over the last 30 years, it's just like been watching uh, a toilet flush in slow motion and it gets worse and worse and worse. And the people trying to fix the problems, the Republican Party are being punished um, electorally where the Republicans are down to almost no representatives in the whole state of California and things get worse and people reward them. And it's almost like they don't give a shit. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't, I can't explain it, Sarah. No, um, I, I can't very figure good question. it out. I, I see I can leave my house and I'm halfway between LA and San Francisco, but you know, seven years ago we had no, virtually no homeless. And if we did, it was easily handled by the local PD. Um, in my little city is 65,000 people. I can go out and see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. I mean, I just took my daughter to school earlier this morning and there it is like three or four of them that are always hiding in these bushes with going through garbage cans. And I mean, and that was just, that was just on my, just, when we're taking my, dropping my daughter off at school, right? But I can take you down on a 10 minute car ride and I can show you hundreds of homeless people. Well, and you don't know who they are. And this is the problem. You have people who are mentally ill, people who are homeless, who could possibly be a threat to themselves or to somebody else. And they're, the police won't do anything because the police know, hey, there's nothing we can do. We can't even hold them. So we're just going to let them walk through Target, hang around the schools. We're going to move them out of the way if we have to. Um, they're not arresting. You have DAs 
um, district attorneys who are put in there, but backed by George Soros and others who want to see this low bail, no bail happen, which is another way of destroying the fabric of America. And yes, New York City is starting to feel it now. Why? Because now that you have 10,000 migrants coming every month plus, I believe it's even higher than that. Um, I believe the 110,000 is lowballing that number. Uh, you have schools now that can't put the kids in school. They're like, uh, we don't even have enough seats in the classroom. Well, and it's not, and the, the other issue that we didn't cover it when we were talking about it, but the, the irony of it all is, is that, okay, we had in California, in, in the Southern states, a lot of people that, well, originally had spoke Spanish anyway, um, but a lot of people did. So it was fairly easy to integrate because, you know, you'd, you'd have teachers that could speak Spanish mm -hmm. and that could handle most of the kids. Um, but what are you doing now with 80 some countries? I mean, I don't know what you're going to find in New York City. You're probably going to find 20 or 30 different languages being spoken there with those supposed 110,000, which I think you're right. It's probably two or 300,000. Right, you're going to need those UN translators just to do a school. <laughs> they're all going to you know, they're going to have that's what they need. They need to hand out free phones, which they're probably already doing, and then put the Google Translator on there. Uh, right. So people they could go around speaking on the and phone. Then and give them free internet, I'm sure they'll do. And then what's going to happen, Devin, the kids that are in class trying to learn are going to fall further and further behind because the teachers are going to have to bring children up to their level. It's going to be a mess. I saw that happen in California as well, in Southern California, when they were having a hard time balancing out. And that at that time, it wasn't even this bad with immigration. But worse, we are the frog slowly boiling. You said it. You know, it's like you don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on why people are accepting this or why people are allowing this to happen without speaking up. But I got to tell you for all of your listeners out there, for everyone who's out there who believes in this country, who believes in the sanctity of this nation and who believes in human rights and human dignity, you have to put a stop to this. You cannot be quiet. You have to speak up. You cannot be afraid. I know it seems pretty scary. We see Bonnie Willis out there, the DA in Georgia, throwing indictments everywhere, you know, um, and, and people are afraid of speaking out because they're afraid of losing their jobs or their livelihoods. But guys, well, we could lose our entire nation. We could lose exactly right. So Sarah, very well said. And I want to thank you for, for being on today. Um, but you're exactly right. People have to get active. Um, that's why we created True Social. We're running this now on Rumble. These, these, this technology wasn't around a couple of years ago. So, so people ask, what, what can you do? You can follow Sarah Carter. You They're can right listen there to Sarah Carter's podcast. Social. And then share it. I mean, these phones are very easy now. Take it to all your liberal friends when you, you, know, you get <laughs> my podcast or what have you. And just click on it. Go to Rumble or True Social. Forward the link to your friends that are still living in California or New York City or wherever. And maybe, hopefully, they'll just... Listen, maybe they'll maybe they'll change their mind. But I until then, do. until then, we have great people like Sarah Carter, uh, who you can follow on True Social uh, at Sarah Carter Official. Um, but she's out there doing good reporting and good luck in New York City next week, Sarah. Yeah, thank you so much. I look forward to it and hopefully I get to see you all real soon. Sounds good. This is Devin Nunes and we'll catch you next time.